Is everybody ready? Let's get rolling. This is The Big Show on 97.5, 1280 The Zone in the Zone Sports Network. It's The Big Show, Gordon Monson, Jake Scott, 97.5 and 1280 The Zone, hanging out with you live today at uh, Southtown Mall. We're in the Southwest parking lot, and we're here for the Serve Pro Fighter Firefighter Challenge. Uh, opening ceremonies will be at 5 o'clock. This is going to be so cool. We're hanging out uh, on behalf of our friends at Stewart Healthcare. And uh, what a great event. This, is, uh, this has been great. The course is set up. We've seen some test runs. Uh, this is going to be a really, really cool event. If you're looking for something to do with the family on a Friday, uh, it's outside, uh, easy to social distance, and, and really uh, going to be a lot of fun. And, Gordon, uh, I can't think of a better activity on 9-11 than uh, coming out here and, and supporting uh, the firefighters. Exactly right, Jake. Well said. All right, uh, it is time for your daily assist. Uh, let's jump out to the T-Mobile special guest line. T-Mobile and Sprint are coming together to build the best wireless company around. Visit T-Mobile.com for online services and local store availability. He joins us on Fridays. He's our friend Howard Beck with us here on the big show. Hi, Howard. Happy Friday. Hey, gentlemen. How are you? Hey, we're doing great, and, and we'll jump into the basketball with you, Howard. But uh, you are uh, uh, currently a New Yorker, and we're out here uh, supporting the firefighters today on the anniversary of 9-11. And I'm just curious, what, what is today like in New York? I, it, it's hard to say because, you know, consistent with the last several months, I haven't really gone much further than about seven blocks from my own apartment <laughs> in Brooklyn. So, um you know, it, it's it's not. Uh, I did see. You know, I was you know had a, a, a errands that I was running this morning, and it was right around that time. You know, they always commemorate the the two moments, the two times that the two planes hit the two towers. And so, I happened to be walking right by a firehouse um, in the neighborhood and just saw, you know, I don't know, a dozen or so firefighters in their full dress, you know, walking together, either just coming from or going to probably some you know, ceremony within their own firehouse. So clearly, like this, this especially for the NYPD uh, and the fire department, this is this is a fairly you know solemn day, and especially in, in those morning hours when they're commemorating the actual moment. But um, you know, other than that, um, hard hard to hard to say what what the uh, the general you know uh, tenor of the day is for for all of New York. I'm sure everybody you know treats it a little bit differently. I'll tell you, Howard, I don't know about you but or Jake, uh, but I love history and I love reviewing things that have gone on in the past, but I still can't watch the stuff on 9-11. It's, it's, I don't know, for whatever reason, all these years later, it's still too soon. It is. I guess it's the difference, you know, between living through something ourselves and seeing the actual footage of it and the, the, the just the utter shock and, and emotional devastation of that moment, um, it's different, right? Like we could, you know, like I, I wasn't I wasn't alive for most of Vietnam, and I certainly wasn't alive for you know World War II and and, and many other um, catastrophic events that cost a lot of people their lives. And so we don't have any reference point other than something like this that we actually could see happening as it happened or in the hours after it happened, and, and so. Um, so graphically, and yeah, it is. It's it's really, really hard to to decide to to expose yourself to that again. 
Um, and I think that's probably the case for, for most people. I mean, I wasn't living here at the time. I was still in California, so we moved here in 2004, and it was still pretty you know, fresh in our memories, of course, at the time that we moved here, but it didn't. You know, it, it, it didn't matter where you were that day. It felt devastating regardless. But obviously the scar on this city and the immediate aftermath of it, you know, was obviously felt far more, you know, deeply by New Yorkers. Um, and, you know, when we got here, the, the, the new tower that's up, um, One World Trade Center, that, that they hadn't even begun that. There was still just pretty much a big hole in the ground. And, you know, it, it, it had you know, it'd been an excavation site for, for however many months and you know maybe years after that but then we started seeing the new tower slowly go up and and so over the course of our 16 years here that's kind of been you know the the, the symbol of resilience in seeing that that you know gradually go up and, and eventually open and of course there's the you know the museum there and the reflecting pools um the, the you know the two reflecting pools memorializing each of the towers I've never gone to any of it. I just even even not having been here or knowing anybody personally who was lost in in that uh, in, in in that whole event, I I just I don't have any desire to go immerse myself in that. Um, it's 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 strange to me in a, in a way that it's such a, a tourist attraction that so many people visited, and I, I obviously for the the best of reasons they want to honor the people lost then, but I just. I, I just think, yeah, for all of us who somewhat lived through it, even from the other coast, um, I, it's too powerful of, of a uh, you know of a, of a, of a memory and, of, and, and the images of it and everything to go, you know, visit that museum. I just I don't I don't have the stomach for it. Howard, back with us on your uh, NBA Daily Assist here on 97.5 and 1280 The Zone. Howard, it does not look good for the Rockets. It looks like they could be a game away from elimination. Um, what, where does the franchise go after this playoffs? Is it pretty much a done deal that uh, they just let D'Antoni walk? And what happens with that roster? You know, you in this league, you don't usually leave a coach hanging, especially one with as, as, uh, one as established as Mike D'Antoni unless you're already deciding that you're letting him go. I mean, it's very rare that you let somebody get to the final year of their contract, we're going to play it out, and then you resign him. I mean, it, it happens sometimes, but to, it's usually a signal that you're already ready to part ways unless something spectacular happens, right? Like, oh, well, you know, hey, maybe we'll reconsider if we get to the finals or if we win a championship. I don't know where the bar is for this one, but they're not going to meet it. They're going to lose in the second round. And, you know, I think that that's that, – that's, fairly clear um that's not mike d'antoni's fault um but but i do think that this is going to be that moment where the you know the rockets owner tillman fertita decides i'm I'm putting my own stamp on this i mean um he you know and that could affect daryl morey as well you know there's certainly plenty of speculation around the league that this will be you know you know a, a, a total house cleaning i think that'd be a colossal mistake on both counts I think Mike D'Antoni is, is, is an incredible coach, and I think Daryl Morey's done a great job there. And if I were any other team in the league and I knew that Daryl Morey was about to be available, I'd be making arrangements for most of them. You know, they're, they're, you know look, there are five to ten other GMs that are really, really good, but there are a bunch of them I would toss overboard in a heartbeat if Daryl became available. He's that good. And people, if they want to say, ah, he hasn't won a championship, whatever, he hasn't got a final, whatever, folks. It, it, it's really hard. You know, most teams don't make it. You can be a great GM in this league. Sam Presti's a great GM and has not 
gotten the Thunder back to the finals. They've been there once. You know, Masai Ujiri was a great GM even before the Raptors won the championship. There is some happenstance and, and good fortune involved in these things, too. Daryl's great. Um, they have made their mistakes there, no question. I think some of those mistakes were probably not Daryl's mistakes, frankly, um, including uh, the Westbrook trade I've never really believed was his idea. Um, but it, it does feel like the Rockets are heading for a serious reckoning. Howard, uh, I'm going to ask you a question that's going to bug you, but uh, I've been doing I've been doing the show long enough with Jake that I've gotten used to asking uh, things that bug him and, and saying things that bug him. But uh, <laughs> anyway, I'll go ahead. I know you're not big on predictions, but I want to get your thoughts on the Nuggets, Clippers, and then Celtics, Raptors. Uh, the Nuggets came back from that three-one deficit against the Jazz. Uh, the Clippers are a different uh, order. And then that Celtics-Raptors series, man, that's uh, that's been a, a, a nail-biter all the way down now. Yeah, Celtics-Raptors, is it's been, it's been a blast, that series. And it's a, I think it's a coin flip Game 7, you know, which, you know, a Game 7 kind of feels like it should be anyway, right? That's how you got there. It's close enough that, that you know, but... But this was a series that very easily could have been over much sooner if not for that miracle shot by Ananobi and an incredible pass from Lowry. And, you know, and, and now here we are. I mean, this, on paper, to me, the Celtics are still the stronger team. I just think there's more dynamism to their offense. But the Raptors, you know, there's, there's a reason they won the championship. And no, they don't have Kawhi, but like this team just has, you know, all those intangibles, all the stuff we talk about about grit and resiliency and toughness like that's 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 that team you know you don't look up and down that roster and and think that there's a lot of spectacular talent but it's it's a it's a great collection and they they um they they just they just have like i say those intangibles i'll be very curious to see how this goes um like you know if i had to make a prediction i'd probably lean celtics just slightly because of of just the uh, you know the the diversity of, of of ways that they can attack you and then we're going to get a really interesting conference finals in the East, and not not one that many people would have predicted. Whether it's Miami, Toronto, or Miami, Boston, either way, I think it's going to be fun. And then you know the the Clippers have felt like you know an, an inevitability ever since they got Kawhi Leonard and Paul George. This is exactly where you expected them to be. It's been a really choppy path. They've never seemed like they were quite as potent um, as they should be on, or as they appeared on paper. Occasionally, you know, okay, sometimes they are, and sometimes they're not. But they have certainly asserted themselves in this series. They've now, I think, finally started to get into a better rhythm with, with all their pieces there because they started the bubble without guys. Um, and we're going to get the all-L.A. series that everybody predicted last summer. Um, it just won't be in L.A., unfortunately. Yeah. Uh, Howard, about, uh, well, 20, 25 minutes ago, and I know you were tweeting out about this, uh, but we found out that Daniel House will be leaving the NBA bubble for those of us maybe who haven't followed this uh, story moment for moment, what ex- what is going on? And um, I guess uh, were there others implicated and then cleared? I mean, how has this process played out? Well, the NBA press release that came out 30 minutes ago now and that I tweeted out says the following. The NBA has concluded its investigation of a recent violation of campus health and safety protocols. The findings are that, one, Houston Rockets forward Daniel House had a guest in his hotel room over multiple hours on September 8th who was not authorized to be on campus 
And two, no evidence was found that other players or staff had contact with the guest or were involved in this incident. So, and Daniel House is, is booted from the bubble. As I pointed out, he's just getting a small head start on his teammates who will probably be out 24 hours from now or so. Um, it's not, I, I don't know much beyond that. I'm not in the bubble. Um, this just happened, and it certainly sounds like the NBA cleared anybody else. I know there were reports in both that, that in, indicated that other players might have had, um, might have done something similar. That's obviously not what the NBA concluded. Uh, I, I, I don't know where the discrepancy is there, whether there's just some, some bad rumors that, that got out there. Um, but clearly they, they've focused on a single person. And, look, the NBA put out that list of protocols, 120 pages or whatever it was, when they created uh, the plan for this restart. And everybody knew what the deal was going in. They knew what the rules were. They knew what the consequences could be for breaking those rules. And they, and they all knew what the reason for those rules were to protect everybody from the virus. So, you know, to, to flagrantly violate it and get caught, I mean, this is, this, 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 you know, this is the consequence. This is where it should end up. So, Howard, uh, we understand that you had a special guest on your podcast. I don't know if you can tell us all about it or where people might be able to hear it, but something to do with Kevin Durant, huh? <laughs> Um, so Rich Kleiman, who is Kevin Durant's, you know, uh, business partner slash manager, conciliary, uh, he, I've been hoping to get him on the pod for a while. He's a really interesting guy and he's really passionate about, you know, not just about his client, Kevin Durant. And they're, they're also good friends. Like they have a very unique partnership. Um, and of course, uh, Rich and Kevin Durant, uh, together launched the boardroom. They've got 35 ventures, his media company. So, um, yeah, we talked about, you know, Durant had just been, he and Durant together actually had just been on JJ Reddick's podcast this week. Um, and, you know, Durant's, you know, talked again about the reasons why he didn't want to go to the Knicks. And so I got, got into that a little bit with Rich and, um, just to, you know, discuss state of the media and, and, you know, how players are portrayed, a lot of stuff. Uh, we got into the Skip Bayless, uh, Dak Prescott stuff. Um, so it was it was a really fun conversation. But yes, thank you for the plug. Uh, full forty eight podcast available on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts. On a similar note, Howard, what do you think about Brooklyn hiring Steve Nash? I thought it was uh, just you know first of all blown away because nobody saw it coming. But um, mostly, I, I'm just I, I, I'm really intrigued. You know, it's like. On, uh, it's, it, this is one of those things where if you know anything about Steve Nash, the way he conducted himself as a player, the impact he had on his team, on his teammates, his I, his basketball IQ, which is through the roof, his demeanor, his ability to connect with people, uh, he absolutely should be a, a fantastic head coach. Now we never know, and he did you know, he did not go the assistant coach route, but even guys who were assistant coaches for a long time, and you think did all the prep work. It's it's hit and miss. Sometimes you know guys who look like they have you know all, all the right qualifications uh, will misfire, and so there's there's no telling for sure. But I think Steve Nash has all the hallmarks of a great head coach, and I think there's a lot of parallels to be drawn between uh, him and Steve Kerr in terms of just their uh, their value system, the way that they they um, their their empathy, their you know their their emotional IQ, the way they connect with people. Um, as well as basketball IQ. And then in Steve Nash's case, the added bonus of being a two-time MVP. So he walks in with that instant credibility as well. But there's just, you know, it, it's an interesting 
um, the, the Nets are interesting because there's just so much that looks promising and yet so many questions because we haven't seen Kevin Durant play. It's, it'll be a year and a half, right, since the Achilles. We know what the history of guys trying to come back from Achilles are. We've never seen KD play with Kyrie Irving. Um, Steve Nash has never coached. And so there's all this incredible talent and, and upside, but it, it's also just a lot of uncertainty. So uh, whenever next season starts, the Brooklyn Nets are going to be a really fascinating story. I don't know how many people, Howard, can pull that kind of thing off going into a situation like that as a head coach without much experience or any real experience from that standpoint. But if I was going to pick somebody out of the NBA, Steve Nash is one of those guys. I, I had the opportunity to spend two or three hours with him once during the playoffs and uh, after a practice. And I can't tell you how impressed I was with him and the way he comported himself, just like you were saying, the way his personality, his knowledge, all of it. It seems like it's the whole the whole package. Yeah, listen, you're not going to find anybody in the NBA who ever played with or against Steve Nash who says an ill word about him, I don't think. I mean, I, maybe there's one somewhere, but I, I've never encountered anybody who, who has um, just a, a universally respected and, and uh, you know, well-liked individual. And, you know, those Suns teams of the mid-2000s, you know, a lot of that obviously was Mike D'Antoni's system, but Steve Nash was the engine. He made it go. He made, you know, seven seconds or less possible. And those teams were a blast. And, and again, like if you t- think about like the guys he played with, like Amari Stoudemire and Sean Marion, his young players were, you know, kind of tough personalities at times. They both had, you know, uh, you know, egos and, and, you know, wanted to do things their way. Nash had such a great way of, of, you know, connecting with those guys and, and, and channeling, you know, his talent and theirs. Um, and, you know, there's there's just, um, he, you know, he's, he's a big connective tissue guy. <laughs> he's the guy who brings everybody together. And you do that as a player is different than as a coach. So it's not to say that it automatically translates. But I think in his case it absolutely should. Howard, as always, thank you very much for jumping on with us. We really appreciate it and look forward to catching up with you next week. Thanks, fellas. Talk to you then. Thank you, Howard. That's our friend Howard Beck at your NBA Daily Assist. Of course, Howard is staple with us on Fridays. We are live here at the Serve Pro Firefighter Challenge, Southtown Mall, Southwest Parking Lot. It's a beautiful day to be out here today. And joining us now, Sarah Morgan, EMS liaison from Jordan Valley Medical Center. And Sarah, thanks for jumping on with us. How are you? Good. How are you doing? I am great. What a cool event. It's so cool to be a part of it. Thanks for having us out here. Yeah, I'm think I'm glad you guys are here. So tell us uh what what's a good time when they when the guys and the competitors get out here really uh running on this course. What what's probably pretty good? What should we keep an eye out for? Two minutes, maybe. Yeah, I think two minutes. Right around there. Yeah. What? Some of them are gonna. You're gonna be dragging them out, though. Oh gonna, yeah. <laughs> no, I've they're heard. They're gonna need extra help. I've heard this is, uh, is such a test, and then that mm-hmm. the the best uh, competitors usually have the biggest heart. A lot of heart out there, right? Yes, that's so true. So tell us about your uh, involvement with this event, and uh, is this your second year as well? So yes, this is the second time that I've helped out here. Um, as the EMS liaison, I work with all of the fire departments that bring patients to the um, to Jordan Hospital. So I work with all the agencies around the valley. And so I'm just here to support them and um, to help out with the hospital um, 
since the hospital's here too. What an important relationship, right, between the you know medical providers and of course the firefighters who are on, you know, uh, for lack of a better term, the front lines and, and dealing with these situations and quite literally saving lives. Yes, exactly. It's pretty important last time I, I checked. Yes, I agree with you completely. <laughs> well, Sarah, thank you again for having us, and uh, thanks for jumping on the air with us. We Absolutely. really appreciate it. Yo, no problem. All right, we'll have more Big Show coming up next. Stay tuned, 97.5 and 1280 The Zone. Utah's most listened to sports radio afternoon show. This is The Big Show with Gordon Monson and Jake Scott. Sponsored by Mountain America Credit Union. Guiding members forward for over 80 years. On 97.5, 1280 The Zone in the Zone Sports Network. <clears throat> and now, another look into the mind of Gordon Monson. I know, we're all terrified. Let's just try to get through this together. This is Gordon's List. On 97.5, 1280 The Zone and The Zone Sports Network. Previously on Gordon's List. Give it to me. I don't have membrane on my roof. I am not a pervert. Without keeping up with the Kardashians, I wouldn't be where I am today. In the pooper. I am very attractive. How like long do squirrels live? All right, it is time for okay. my, my list. Jake, are you back? I'm back. I'm back. Sorry okay. about that. I had to... Uh... Uh, you know, You're I get distracted. Uh, yes, you, should we do a little Gordon's list? I yeah, apologize. I'm it. here. Let me start with uh, what we mentioned for a very short time yesterday. But this whole idea, what Skip Bayless said about Dak Prescott, really bugs me. And he has said since that it, he was, it was misconstrued and all this BS. I just, you can't go there. Not in, in an enlightened age where people are trying to really figure out these kinds of mental illness issues and things that need to be dealt with in a responsible way and to have someone like skip bayless just ridicule a guy or or to criticize a guy because of a mental issue is disturbing to me it's in, it's it's reprehensible it's it's irresponsible yeah and uh, that's kind of what skip does right so maybe he's he's gone a bridge too far with this particular hot take but i mean he, the guy who's thrived on creating controversy throughout his career, certainly uh, throughout his television uh, career. And I don't know if he believes half the stuff he says or even a quarter of the stuff he says, Gordon. But with this particular one, it's he's sending a dangerous message, which I, I find uh, frustrating. And, you know, I think we all probably have had people in our lives who've dealt with depression. It's a it's a it's a scary thing. And it and everybody is vulnerable to it. And maybe that should be the message that. You know, even the great Dak Prescott, NFL quarterback, has got everything going for him in the world. You have some really serious family issues, and it it can really affect people. And I, I feel for Dak P- Prescott, and I, I don't know. I, I guess I don't have, as far as uh, uh, mm, taking into consideration his opinion, uh, Skip Bayless is pretty low on my list, but I yeah. think his hot take machine has gone too far on this one because this is a really serious subject that affects a lot of people yeah and that if anybody can have his opinion whatever whatever but that that opinion is just unenlightened it's neanderthalish and uh it's uh it sets back the whole discussion when somebody comes out and, and calls 
calls an illness like that or a situation, a condition like that, a weakness. I mean, that's like saying that somebody who is fighting any kind of physical problem, illness, or disease of any kind, that that's a weakness. It's not a weakness. And to say it like that in a condemning way that does nobody any good. It's just flat erroneous, and it's detrimental to the way it, 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 some people buy into that. And that, I think that needs to be erased. It needs to be eradicated, that kind of thinking. I couldn't agree more. Gordon, I'm, I'm sorry I got distracted for a second. Do you mind if I interrupt before we get to the next uh, 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 thing on the list? I have breaking news. Okay. My home has power. I just oh, got a wow. text from my neighbor, oh, and my good. home uh, has power again. Many thanks to the great people out there uh, at uh, Rocky Mountain Power for, for saving the day. I can't believe it. Were you about, uh, eight, were about 85 hours worth of no power? What was it? Did you total it up? You probably I don't were know, counting two, the minutes. Tuesday morning at like 4.30 a.m. to now. So I, I'm not sure. I'm not so sure. Um, I, I'm sorry. I didn't mean to interrupt such a serious topic. And I'll just add one more thing, Gordon. Uh, a regular guest on the show, of course, he comes on every week during the, the football season. Tanner Mangum has had a lot of uh, uh, strong words about uh, mental health and being an athlete and kind of the machismo that surrounds it all. And, uh, it, you know, there's, he's done a number of podcasts and things and uh, – you know, go back and review some of that stuff because I thought he had some, some valuable input based on uh, some of the stuff he went through. Let's enlighten society. I mean, we can have opinions and we can disagree about them, but sometimes things are said that are just plain ignorant and that, uh, yeah, that, that need to be brushed to the side. All right, uh, Jake, we mentioned the game last night, the NFL game last night uh, between Houston and Kansas City. wanted to get your thoughts on uh, on that game and are you ready for some football now you feeling good about it heck yeah gordon <laughs> uh, now i was dialed in to last night's game because it was a great matchup two teams that are supposed to be pretty good the game was meh. i mean it wasn't the greatest football game i've ever seen but gordon i and i know nobody wants to hear you know radio personalities talk about their fantasy football teams but i was <laughs> dialed in i'm playing fantasy football it's normal you know i'm i'm deshaun watson throws for and runs for two worthless touchdowns in in the fourth quarter right and i'm jumping up and down on my couch even though i don't care about who wins because i like uh, rubbing it in uh, to my friends uh, noses when i beat them and so like it just it felt good gordon i can't tell you man it felt good to be watching some nfl football yesterday it really did okay so a question for you and austin both of you i know you're not gambling men but I, let me put it this way. If you had to put, say, pick any dollar figure, $1,000 on a sure NFL-related bet, what would it be? Hmm. Sure NFL-related. I mean, oh, who easy, wins the easy. Super Bowl? Or? The, 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 Jack, the Jacksonville Jaguars are going to be the worst team in the league. Oh. <laughs> That's a good one. That's a pretty good Sheer one. Sheer bet right there. That's happening. And, and wow. I would place mine on Philip Rivers will make a catastrophic error in a big-time playoff game in another city for another team. That that means Phil has to make the playoffs first. Well, he's going to win that division. Come on. Yeah, that division is, is not, not terrific. You have a, a good point there. Although, uh, are, are your Titans in that division? Yeah. Uh-huh. <laughs> My are Super Bowl pick. pretty good? <laughs> His Super Bowl pick. Yeah. Nice. What about work. you? What about you, Gordon? What What's guaranteed to happen in the NFL this year? Well, Patrick Mahomes will be the MVP. 
No, that's not going to happen. Nope. Come on. Come on. You're uh, ta- uh, Mahomes or the field, you're taking Mahomes? Well, I've, I just, I'm just i taking him over anybody else. So he's a flash-in-the-pan one and done. Of course oh, he yeah. is. <laughs> of course he, he is. He's like Jordan Spieth. He's going <laughs> to captivate the world for a brief time and then go back to mediocrity. Uh, do you guys like the college game or the NFL game better? If you had to just watch it, not with any rooting interest, but just to watch the game, which one are you picking? Well, see, the rooting interest, though, is why I love college football. I know, so but I'm, take, I'm, taking that, I'm, taking that, I'm taking that away from you. Uh, well, I mean, uh, it, like better athletes, better brand of football. I mean, the obvious answer is NFL. But that's not why people watch college football. That's how I go with college football because it isn't the better athlete, the better brand, the, the most pristine, polished side of it. As much as we mock you, Jake, for your love of amateurism, that kind of draws me to college football over the NFL. Well, then why don't you like high school football? Who said I didn't like high school football? Oh, I mean, why don't you prioritize that if you want to see a lesser game? Because it's weird if I'm not there for work or a family member of me just rolling up to a high school football game, isn't it? feel a little weird doing you, that. You can go to your local uh, high school game. Huh? You take a two-year-old to a high school football game. <laughs> I don't know, just something to think about. I, I understand the rooting interest, and I know how, how deep that runs for a lot of people. So most folks around here would pick the college game. But I, I'm talking about just the game itself and the level of play. You like the, you like the unevenness of college football, huh? Yeah, yep, I do. All right, uh, bad news here. John Daly diagnosed with bladder cancer. Did you guys see that? Did, yeah. Unfortunately, well, that's for Cancer is the monster of our age. It's just, uh, yeah, there's a word people use when they talk about that, but I better not use it on the air right now or else I might lose my job. But uh, that, that, that's that's tough. That's tough. Let me ask this question. Would you, you think most fans here would rather have the Jazz win a title or have Utah football win an NCAA championship or BYU football win an NCAA championship? Or Weber win the uh, you know the FCS championship by sheer numbers? Is that what you're saying? Like more people would want to see? Well, yes. of course the answer is the Jazz because the Jazz brings those fan bases together because there's you know Ute fans, Cougar fans, and uh, Wildcat fans. You know a lot of those are also Jazz fans, and that's the biggest overall fan base in the state. I would say, wouldn't you? Mm-hmm. Yes. Yeah. And that is uh, one thing that the Jazz try to accomplish is bringing everybody together so they can root or pull in the same direction for something because it is so divisive at the college level in this state. I think they take great pride in that. But the divisiveness of the of the college football is is also why this is a college town. And and usually you don't see big cities be like college football towns, but uh, I and I'm I'm including the whole Wasatch Front and and even up into Logan for that matter into this uh, this conversation. Like we're a college football market, and you can't really say that for a lot of other uh, markets around here. Even you know in in the Pac-12, I think it's I think it's somewhat unique in the Western United States to be honest. But that that division that you're talking about is also what makes college football fandom great around here. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, that's true. All right. Earlier we talked about uh, the anniversary of 9-11. Jake uh, Austin, I want to get your reflections 
on that day 19 years ago. Uh, where were you? What was your reaction? And what are your thoughts since? I was, uh, I was in college, Gordon, and uh, I was crashing on my parents' couch in their basement when my mother came down and woke me up. And uh, and I came after the first plane, and I came upstairs, and uh, we were watching the news, and we watched the second plane live, which was just amazing. And then yeah. you know uh, all the all classes after that were all uh, were all canceled. So my buddies and I pretty much sat on my buddy's couch and and watched the news all day, just kind of uh, uh, I I don't know uh, scared, intrigued. I mean, all the I, I think emotions that were going through everybody. I mean, I'll certainly never forget it. Yeah, I, I, I'll tell you, I've told you my story before, but it was, I was in a very surreal place. Not that you would, any place would be uh, the best place for receiving that kind of news, but I was on a houseboat in the middle of Lake Powell. And uh, I was uh, at, in the houseboat, and somebody came in to where I was and said, I think you better come take a look at this. And they said, the world's coming to an end. And I, those words have echoed in my mind. And I went and looked at the TV and then saw the second plane come in. And uh, I'll tell you, Jake, it just, it was so weird to be in that environment out in the middle of pristine nature and to have something so horrific happen like that. It felt so strange uh, to, to be sort of absorbing all of that in such a place not like i said not that there is a good place but i i love i said this earlier with howard i love history i love going back at events and looking at them and sort of taking them apart and putting them back together again but i can't do that with 9-11 anytime i see a documentary come up on that i just don't don't watch it because it's it's too it's too painful and i I didn't have anybody in the tower at the time. I didn't, but it it, it just that was that was a shot to uh, America's soul, and uh, it's difficult to watch for me even today. Um, can I give you a, a, a recommendation, Gordon? I, kn- I know it's tough to uh, the subject matter and all, but if you ever um, if you ever get a chance to go to the play, come from away. You should, and it is it. You know, I was a little apprehensive going in because I heard it was uh, a play in the background of, of 9-11. I thought, boy, this is going to be a, a, a tough one to watch. But really, it was a, it was an amazing, amazing true story. It's a, it's a musical and a play based on a true story of, of these flights that were diverted to Newfoundland, Canada, because they had this big airport that was mainly unused. And the, the backstory is they... It was the main um, airport the, for flights that came over from Europe to North America, and all the flights uh-huh. would stop there to, to refuel. But as uh, technology got better and, uh, you, you know, they didn't need to stop to refuel anymore, planes didn't. This, this airport basically went from one of the biggest in the world to uh, one of uh, a big facility with a small population because not a lot of people live there, and it turned into this um, um, camp 
for stranded passengers as they landed all the airplanes during that day, and the passengers had to live in this community. And I can't remember for how long it was, but it was, you know, like a week. And it was these various stories of these passengers that ended up in Canada. And, and let me tell you, Gordon, it was an, it's an amazing play with an amazing, uplifting, positive story and message. So I know it's tough to watch stuff on that, but if you get a chance to see Come From Away, you should absolutely do it. It's really, yeah. really good. Well, if it's uplifting, then uh, it's definitely worth your time, I'm sure. In this day and age, and when you consider that particular day and age, uh, I'll take uplifting. Yeah, it's in and a message. Actually, I think a lot of us could could hear it's about different people from different parts of the world and different backgrounds. And they're all together in these unusual circumstances where you kind of have to be there for one another. And this small town had to which basically and I I wish I could remember the stat, but this town basically tripled in size over uh, that day. And so the town had to figure out how to feed these people and where they could shelter them. And, and this town just basically opening up its, its doors and its lives for these people during this circumstance. It's, it's just really, really good. Um, uh, Gordon, let's, we've got the Not Sports Sport coming up next. Let's just keep the list going. What do you say? Okay. That's All right. Fine we'll, keep, me. we'll keep Gordon's list going. Coming up next, we're live today from uh, Southtown Mall. We're in the Southwest parking lot. We're here for the Serve Pro Firefighter Challenge. We're hanging out with our friends from Stewart Healthcare. And what a great event. Opening ceremonies are at 5, so in about 12 minutes. Uh, they've got a kids course, so if you want to bring the family down here, there's activities for everybody. It's outside. It's easy to social distance. They've got, uh, they're being conscious about everybody's safety. And if you're looking for a great way uh, to spend a Friday uh, Friday evening to support firefighters and uh, and really have some fun, this is for you. We're here at the Southtown Mall in the Southwest parking lot. We'll have more coming up next. It is the big show, 97.5 and 1280, The Zone. Check this out. And now your Not Sports Report on 97.5, 1280, The Zone and The Zone Sports Network. No, I know that I can't make you stay, but where's your heart? But where's your heart? But where's your now? There's nothing I can say to change. Big Show, Gordon Monson, Jake Scott, 97.5 and 1280 The Zone. Uh, we are live today from Southtown Mall, the southwest parking lot. Uh, we're here for the Serve Pro Firefighter Challenge. In fact, opening ceremonies are about to get underway. What a cool event. Uh, bring the family down here on a Friday evening. This is going to be absolutely a lot of fun. Uh, we're, we're continuing on with Gordon's list in lieu of the Not Sports Report today. Of course, brought to you by the LHM Used Car Supermarket. Uh, over 1,000 used cars uh, in inventory. Check them out, uh, lhmdeals.com. Gordon, let's press on with a couple items from the list. Well, uh, <clears throat> I have three items here, and uh, any one of them, well, two out of the three could be not sports report type things. Okay, all right. The first one is this. I don't know who Victoria F. and Chris Souls is that the name? I don't know who these people are. Maybe they were in some reality show or something. I have no clue. Forgive my ignorance on that. But apparently they broke up because she didn't want to live in Iowa. And I wondered, uh, is there any place, if, if Naz or Whitney came to either one of you guys and said, hey, I want to live here, 
that you would say you're doing it alone? Olympus Cove. Next question. <laughs> See, I was going to go with Pasadena. <laughs> San Bernardino. Pasadena. Wait a minute. What's the matter with Pasadena? Uh, it's location and uh, its inhabitants. Jake, that, you've, you've never seen a parade like the Rose Bowl parade. You haven't. Chipping golf balls into the, you, into the Rose Bowl. And you won't see one better than that? I, I don't know. I've never been to Mardi Gras. right. Bar, I and... won't see a parade. You, you nailed it. <laughs> Breaks your heart, doesn't it? Uh, what, what, okay, let me ask the question this way. Of all the places that you know of, which would you least want to live there? Pasadena. (laughs) (laughs) You are unworthy of this exercise. (laughs) I don't know. I'd be pretty amenable. I I think I'm a pretty adaptable human. Uh, If needs be, I I think I'd move most anywhere if I had to. I actually have an answer to this, and I mean it with my whole soul. Of all the places I've been, all the exotic places I've been in my life— I will, if I ever go back to Rexburg, it'll be too soon. No, thank you. All right, there you go. <laughs> wow, all right. Close to home, not that far away. Yep. Uh, okay, I'm going to handle this one unchester-like. Yeah, right. I, I, I want to be totally responsible with this. And then let me just read. I better read it. This is from the New York Post, okay? It, it, the story reads... Can't get enough carnal sins? You're preaching to the choir, says Pope Francis. In an interview with Italian writer Carlo Petrini, uh, who has compiled several conversations with the Pope for a new book, His Holiness referred to sex and food, among other delights, as, quote, gifts from God. Furthermore, to enjoy them is not sinful, as quote-unquote overzealous church leaders have taught in the past. He said, pleasure arrives directly from God. It is neither Catholic nor Christian nor anything else. It is simply divine. Wow. What do you think of that, guys? Uh, Good times. It's time to live it up. (laughs) Was this in the the Hallmark Valentine's Day commercial? Is that where you got this from? (laughs) It's from the New York Post. It's time to it's time to cut loose, everyone. The the Pope has said it's okay, but he didn't necessarily say it was okay in every circumstance. You I know, see. I mean, I there may he may prefer certain parameters, but I I that's not that wasn't in the part of the story so, that I read. So that whole eat, drink, and be merry thing is is a wives' <laughs> tale, huh? Divine, I guess, according to what he said, and that's that's what he said. Um. And then there's this one, and this is a serious question that I need an answer to from both of you guys. If someone cheats at golf, what does it say about that person? Wow, Gordon, because you cheat at golf, and I still love and respect you. (laughs) First of all, I do not cheat at golf. Well, let me say it this way. I do not cheat at golf in a clandestine manner. <laughs> okay. okay. Yeah, so, in, in other words, if I hit it behind a tree and I don't want to break my club or whatever, oh my. I, I will kick it out right in front of you. I will not kick it out and pretend like I, you know. Uh, so I, Yeah, but you pull the old when you got a seven or eight and somebody goes, hey, Gordo, what did you oh, get? Oh, BS. You, you pull the old, I got no. a three. 
I would I never do that. One. I would never do that because that's lying to you and it's lying to me. So if uh, Barry Bonds had uh, shot up his steroids there in front of the cameras, it wouldn't have been in, cheating in front of everybody. It wouldn't be clandestine. So. Yeah, but I mean, I wouldn't do it if there was if we were betting for something, or oh, if see. but if it was just <laughs> it was it's just a couple of us playing, and and I would I in other words I would let you know that I was doing what I was doing. I wouldn't. Okay. I wouldn't do it uh, because when I play golf, I it's just I'm out there to have fun. I'm That's, not out there yeah. uh, gambling big dollars, or I'm not out there trying to prove to the world how great I am at something or how bad I am at something. I'm out there to have a good time. I'm with you on that because my philosophy is: if you're not cheating at golf, you're taking it too seriously. <laughs> All right, that's one way to look at it. Uh, okay, we've got uh, Sarah Todd of the Deseret News uh, coming up next. And please stay tuned for this. Uh, Sarah and her family with the wildfires in California are, are going through uh, some hard times. And uh, Sarah's doing some great things around here to help. So if you've been wondering uh, on maybe how you can help some folks in need going through that there in California, uh, we've got a, an awesome opportunity for you coming up next. So please uh, stay tuned for that. But uh, joining me now here at Southtown Mall, he is Kent Loosely, president of Mountain Point Medical Center. And Gordon, you've got to be on your best behavior here. We've got El Presidente on the show now. <laughs> so, you know, it, we're, uh, we've got to be on our best behavior, buddy. All right. I'll I'll do as best I can. Difficult for you on it. What do you think about cheating in golf? If somebody cheats, what does that say about them? Then he would be pretty much like everybody else. Yeah, like, <laughs> that's probably pretty good. Cheap. answer. If you use the foot wedge every once in a while, if yeah. I needed to, if you need uh, to, yes. <laughs> well, hey, what a great event! This is this is so very cool, and it's got to feel pretty good to be a part of it. Well, it certainly is. Uh, it's great opportunity to honor the first responders. Uh, a great day to do that. Um, wonderful, just a great experience here. I, I, it's it's really neat to see. Yeah, it's it's fun to support, especially you know September 11th, the 19 year anniversary. I I know when I've had this date, you know, and this event highlighted on my calendar for a while now because it just feels so good to to be out here and to support and have fun. You know. Yep, it's great, and and Stewart uh, that has has a great relationship with our with our first responders. The the emergency rooms and the first responders are just partners, and and as they work together, it. Uh, um, it's great for the community. Yeah, you think about that relationship, how important is that? I mean, when, when folks uh, need it the most, I mean, who's there for them, right? And it, it's kind of fun to be out here and celebrate that relationship. It sure is. Yeah, no doubt about it. Well, hey, thank you for letting us be a part of it, and thanks for jumping on the show today. Thank you. All right, Kent. There you go. That's our friend Kent Loosely from uh, president of Mountain Point Medical Center. We appreciate you and uh, what you guys are doing. Uh, Sarah Todd of the Deseret News. She covers the jazz, uh, but we've got some other stuff, uh, important stuff going on as well. We're going to talk to her about that next, 97.5 and 1280 The Zone.